Hello, this is Apostle Reginald Baldwin, and we're welcoming you to our brand new podcast called Man Talk for Men. Man Talk for Men is a division of Antioch International Ministries men's ministry called Men of War, and Apostle Baldwin will be teaching on different subjects that men face on an everyday basis. We will be discussing all kinds of issues and using biblical principles to show you how you can change your life and exercise authority and power in the things that are concerning your life. So get ready for Apostle Reginald Baldwin as we enter into Man Talk for Men. Praise the Lord. This is Apostle Reginald Baldwin, and we're welcoming you to another broadcast, a podcast for men called Man Talk for Men. And we're looking forward to getting into the Word of God today to share with the brothers the things that God wants us to know. We've been talking about uh, on, on the series, we began teaching on being a better man, and we have dealt with many issues concerning being a better man, what the Word of God tells us how he wants us to act and respond into being a better man. Well, today we're going to get into what the Bible talks about uh, in the area of being a better man. We're going to talk about the marriage covenant, and we're going to have some straight man talk today, brothers, uh, in the next uh, couple of sessions where we're talking about the marriage covenant, the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman, what God says about it. This is an issue that men uh, have to deal with and have to face. And so we're going to go into the word of God and see what does God have to say to us about the marriage covenant. So we're talking about the marriage covenant. Now, this word covenant means an agreement between two individuals, two or more individuals. And in a marriage, it's a, it's a covenant between the man, the woman, and God. Now, what a covenant does is a covenant is an agreement between two individuals or more where the individuals pledge their allegiance to each other and they will give all of their abilities, all of their talents, all of their commitment to the other person and the other person will do the same with the one that they're committing to. And the only thing that can separate them from that covenant is death. They would rather die than to break that covenant. This is the covenant that, that, that God is, expects for a man and a woman to make uh, in the name of Jesus when we're talking about marriage. Now, we understand, even in the uh, marriage ceremonies, uh, when the minister is talking and he says, um, do you, you know, love having a hole until death do you part? And that's where the covenant can be broken uh, through the death of one or the other. And when the persons are in a covenant, then whatever is theirs is pledged to the person that they're in covenant with. So when we're talking about a marriage, we're talking about the husband pledging everything that he is and everything that he has to his wife. And the wife is pledging everything that she is and everything that she has to her husband. And they both make that commitment to each other 
until death does them part. Once death comes, the marriage is dissolved or annulled uh, when death comes. But that's the only time uh, that the death can come uh, to separate the husband and the wife. The only other separation of the husband and the wife is through divorce. And we'll get into that subject uh, later on down in uh, a few lessons later. But today we want to talk about the marriage covenant and what that covenant means when God says that he has joined a man and a woman together. So we're talking about the man and the woman. All right. Now, let's take a look and see what the word says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, as we begin to talk about the marriage covenant. The marriage covenant. Now, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, the Bible says, now listen to what the word of God says here, because this is very interesting. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So now we see from the word of God that God says that a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So the, the man leaves. Now, isn't that interesting? It said that the man leaves his father and his mother. It didn't say the woman leaves her mother and her father. It says the man leaves his father and his mother. And the Bible says, and he shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. What God is talking about is that when a marriage takes place, God expects for the man to go get his wife. You remember the scripture that says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. He's looking for her. She should not be looking for him according to God's word. The woman should be anointed to be found and the man is anointed to find. The man uh, in the Bible is the provider or the hunter and the woman is the one that is to be provided for and to be taken care of. And we're going to get into all of that uh, uh, as we go through these sessions. But today I want to break down to you this commitment of this verse, these two verses that really show you what God expects of you as a man and how he expects you to treat the marriage vows. Now, it's very interesting because if you look at society today and especially in the African-American community, we find that there are a lot of men that are not in the homes where their families are. And why is that the covenant has been broken? And, and, and not just uh, in the African-American community, but even in other uh, ethnicity, ethnicities as well. But we want to understand that when the man is gone from the family, there is a breakdown in the uh, power of that family for manifesting. That doesn't mean that the family can't exist, but it just means that the one who God had established to be there in that family is no longer there. And therefore the family is hampered in their ability to do the things that that family was called to do because the man is not there. And God expects for the man and the woman to be there. If the woman leaves, then the family is hampered because now she isn't there to help uh, build that foundation of that covenant 
and therefore the family suffers. So let's get back into this and see what he says. It says there, therefore, a man sh shall a man leave his father and his mother. Now, that word leave, it means to leave or to abandon or to forsake or to loose. It means to leave, abandon, forsake or to loose. So when God is talking about the man, it says you are to leave you are to abandon, you are to forsake, and you are to loose yourself from your mother and your father. You cannot stay tied to your parents and to your parents' household and to your parents' life and then take a wife and expect to establish that marriage because the only way that that marriage can be established is you have to leave your mother and your father so that you can gain your wife and then you can establish your own family. That's the only way that this is going to work. So the Bible says that a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. I, I took some notes on this. I'm, or I made some notes as the spirit gave this to me. Now listen to what God says to you, my brother. So I'm going to read this to you. It means that you leave your parents' house and start your own house with you and your wife. You establish how you two will order your house, not how your mother and father ordered their house. What worked or didn't work for them may or may not work for you. You and your wife are two people who have become one person that never existed before. So you have to leave your house, your mother and father's house, to get to your wife and establish your own house because what worked for your parents may not work for you and your wife. And the reason why is because your parents are two, two different people and you and your wife are two different people. And therefore you all have to come together based off of how you are. You can't live your life how your parents did. Now your parents can give you some good examples or they can give you bad examples and you can learn from both. But when you come together with your wife, Brother, you have to leave the influence of your parents so that you can get together with your wife and you all can establish your own household. And I'm going to share with you just what that means when we get to the, the second part of this. Watch this now. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Now that word cleave, it means to cling to something or to join with something or to stay with something. It means to stick to or cling to something. All right. So you're, you're cling to something. You're joined with something. You stick to the something and you cling to it. You are joined. You cling to it. You stick to something. This is what the Bible says. So this is why you can't stay with your mother and father, because if you're going to stay in your mother and father house and in that uh, relationship that you have with them as a child in their, their house, then there's no way you can cling to stick to and join yourself together and be stuck with a wife because you're still stuck with your parents. But you got to leave your parents so that you can cleave to, you can join yourself together, you can stick to together with your wife. Now, I want to give you an example of what it means to cleave. 
so that you can really understand what God is saying. God is saying something. This is so powerful and this is so necessary for you and I to walk in this revelation, because if we don't walk in this revelation, our marriage is never going to work. You have to understand this term cleave. Now, this word means in the Bible right then when it was written, it means uh, to stick to, to join together, uh, to, to stick to somebody or to cling to them. Now, we have the word now that means cleave means to cut a loose or cut apart or separate like you would have a meat cleaver and then you would take it and you would cut the meat in half and separate it. But that word did not mean that back then. It meant to join yourself together, just the opposite of what we see cleaving is today. And, and it means to join together, to stick to. Now, to give you an example of what God is talking about, in order to cleave, as far as God is concerned, to, to join together, that means that every part of you and your wife have to cleave to each other. Now, that means that because you have been created by God as a three-part being, you are spirit, soul, and body. Therefore, in order to cleave to your wife, you have to cleave to, join to, and stick to your wife in all three realms of your existence. So that means that you're going to have to spiritually be joined to your wife. You're going to have to physically be joined to your wife, and you're going to have to be soulishly, mentally, or emotionally joined to your wife, and you're going to have to be stuck together so that you two become one. Now, I'm going to break that down because it's very interesting. Now, this word cleave, it also means, it gives the connotation of this. If you take two sheets of paper and you put glue on one side of the paper, and then you put glue on the other side of the other paper and you stick those two pieces of paper together on the glued side. Once those are stuck together and the glue dries, those papers have cleaved. Are you understanding? Because now they're stuck together. They're, they clung to each other. Now, if you try to separate those two sheets of paper after the glue has dried and they have cleaved, What's going to happen at the separation is you can't separate both sheets from each other without tearing both sheets. Did you all just understand what I said? I said that once you try to separate the two sheets, you can't do it because one or the other or both of the sheets are going to tear. As a matter of fact, both of the sheets are going to tear. And this is what God is trying to get us to see. This is how divorce comes into a situation. And when a divorce takes place, no matter whose fault it is, when the divorce takes place, both people are torn. And therefore, there has to be healing to both people, even if one was not guilty and the other one was guilty of it all, or if both were guilty or if the other one was guilty, it doesn't matter. They're both going to be torn and there must be a repairing of that person, spirit, soul and body if they uh, find themselves uh, breaking the marriage covenant. So we need to understand that. That when you cleave, it is just like two pieces of paper stuck together. Now, those two pieces of paper, because they have cleaved, they have become one piece of paper in essence. And therefore, whenever you take that piece, you're taking both sides and they both go together.
That's what God said what, that a man, when he leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, they shall be one flesh. In other words, they become one. It, it's, it's just like this. You get two people. You get a man who is a male and you get a woman who is a female. So you've got two individuals that have separate genders. You got a male and a female. You have a man who has been raised, who acts like a man and thinks like a man and processes information like a man. Then you have a woman who is a female who acts like a woman, was raised like a woman and processes information like a woman. Now you take these two people and then you take them who were raised in different and separate households, separate environments. Now, when they're raised in separate environments, that means that they're going to have values that may be different from each other because they were not raised in the same household. And then all of the, uh, the, the circumstances and situations that they have dealt with in their lives before they met the spouse that they married, they have all of these experiences that they have, and they have all of these trainings and mindsets and thoughts that they have, and therefore... When they come together, you take two separate people who are separate genders, who have separate lifestyles, separate rearing up, separate ways of looking at things, and then they have to come together and cling to each other to be stuck together spiritually, emotionally, soulishly, and physically so that they become one flesh. In essence, what they, what they end up doing is he gets together with her, and when they cling together, they create a whole new person. And that new person that they create is the marriage. And so now that new person is a combination of both people, not 50 and 75, but 100 and 100 of each of them, complete in total, so that they create a whole new person. So in essence, a man and a woman come together, and then they create a new person, who, which is their marriage, and therefore they operate together and they live together as one another. Are y'all getting this? This is some powerful stuff, and this is what has to happen when you and your wife come together as man and woman. All right, now look at this now, because this is very interesting. It says that he has to cleave to his wife. Now, Listen to this. This cleaving is very interesting because sticking to one person, sticking together means that, first of all, since you're three or tripart being, let's talk about the spiritual part first. Because you are a spirit and she is a spirit, you all have to join yourselves together in the spirit realm which means that in order for you and her to join yourselves together in the spirit realm, you have to, if you're going to do it the way God wants you to do it, first of all, you have to be joined together spiritually with God. That means saved, born again. Then after you're saved and born again, then you come together and spiritually you join yourself with each other so that you can spiritually be in agreement with who you worship and who you are. That means that you can't uh, join yourself as far as God is concerned, and you're trusting and believing in God, and then the person that you marry is trusting in and believing in Buddha, because that is not 
cleaving. You can't stick together because they're two different entities that are being worshiped. So if you're going to be spiritually joined together, you have to be spiritually joined together even in who you serve. That's the spiritual part. Then you have the soulish part or the way you think or the way you act or the way you process information. Then you have to come together and bring the way you think and to bring the way she thinks. And you all have to come together and begin to make decisions, not based off of just how you do or how she does, but you must come together and cleave to each other and join yourselves together, even in the way you think so that you can make decisions together where both of you are satisfied and in agreement with the decisions that you make. Because when you come together as a husband and a wife, you're going to have all kinds of decisions that you have to make. And we'll break it down and get into all of these different scenarios and marriages as we go along in the teachings uh, in the next few weeks. But, but to, to, to just give you a capitalization, you have to come together in, in how you think and how you, how you agree on, on money. How are you going to deal with money? How are you going to raise your children? How are you going to treat your families? How does your husband, the husband's family, treat the wife? Or how does the wife's family treat the husband? What kind of relationship do they have? There are all kinds of things. Uh, are you going to be in agreement with what type of employment or business that you have? I mean, if you're a Christian and you're serving God, then the husband, he can't be opening up a liquor store and, and, and the wife is, is, is opening up a Bible bookstore. Those two don't join together. You understand what I'm saying? You have to think in agreement. Jesus is going to move in your life based off of you being in agreement with him. The Bible says in Amos 3.3, how can two walk together except they be agreed? So you have to cling to each other mentally so that you can make decisions and analyze circumstances and situations the correct way. How are you going to deal with shopping and, and spending money? You have to come together and make those decisions. And these things need to be talked about and dealt with and agreed upon even before you come to the marriage ceremony. But a lot of times these things aren't dealt with until after the marriage has been uh, consummated. And then you find yourselves uh, dealing with a whole lot of issues that should have taken, been taken care of even before you got married. And a lot of times, if in fact you could not come to agreement with these issues before you got married, then you never probably should have gotten married because what would happen is you are now unequally yoked together. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now you need to understand, you can be a Christian and the person that you want to marry can be a Christian, but you all can still be unequally yoked because in areas of life and living, you don't believe or think the same thing. Therefore, when you come together as one, you're not going to be in sync with each other. The Bible talks about being yoked together. That yoke is, it's like a, uh, the wooden uh, yoke that uh, it was a, a wooden 
uh, harness that was placed on two oxen and it tied those two oxen together. And now since the two oxen are tied together uh, by that, that wooden yoke that's on both of their necks, then that means that the oxen can't go two separate directions because the yoke won't let them. They have to go in the same direction to plow the land and they have to go at the same speed. This is what the yoke does. The yoke takes you and, and forces you to go in the same direction and the same speed to do the same work. So if one ox is trying to go forward and the other one is going to stand still, the yoke is going to cause a friction between the two. That's why they have to be in agreement. That's why God said you have to be together. Have you noticed? Have you seen people who are married and they can't come together in agreement on anything? One wants to go east, the other wants to go west, one wants to go north, one wants to go south, one wants to spend money. The other wants to save money. One wants to raise the children and not spank them. The other one wants to beat them, uh, beat them half to death. And all you see, all of these things take place. And you need to understand that if you're going to be together, you're going to have to come together and become joined and clung together spiritually and emotionally or soulishly and then physically you have to join together. Now, basically that joining together physically is when you come together sexually and the husband and the wife become one body or one flesh when they come together sexually and he enters inside of her and then they become one flesh. But that also means physically that you have to stay in agreement with each other physically so that you can do, watch this now, so that you can live your life together physically. That means that Husbands, you have to look at your wife and wife, you have to be in agreement with your husband of how you're going to carry yourself physically. I mean, you know, the husband may not want you as the wife, you know, laying on the couch every day eating, you know, granola bars and, and, and candy bars and cakes and pies and, and, and gaining a whole lot of weight. And then the wife may not want you running around, you know, drinking and smoking dope and coming home half drunk and half high and, and not knowing where you are, you got to be in agreement on how you physically take care of your bodies. Because remember now, your bodies are very important to your marriage because that's the part that you physically deal with with each other on a, on a very consistent basis. And, and another thing too is if you leave your body through death, then guess what? You just dissolve the marriage and you're depending on each other to be together for years and years and years of your life. So we need to understand that this, this, this coming together, clinging to each other is a physical clinging to as well, a physical tying together as well. So that you'll physically walk together and you can help each other and grow together in agreement with how you operate in your physical bodies. This is so very important. There are many, many marriages where people get dissatisfied physically with each other and then they roam off and they begin to go off trying to find something better. Why? Because they're no longer satisfied with each other physically. And this is where you need to understand you have to come into agreement to keep yourselves physically uh, uh, ready to to be in agreement with each other. And whatever attracted you to her or whatever attracted um, uh, her to you, when you all are together, 
you all need to still work on that so that you can still be uh, appreciative of each other, loving each other, and still uh, having adoration and a feeling for each other in the physical realm and be satisfied with each other. You can't be selfish and let yourself go, and the, uh, and the other one can't be selfish and let themselves go. You've got to take care of yourselves. This is what God is talking about when he says that, the, the, that they must cleave to each other. He must cleave to his wife. You have to do it in three realms. And what happens in many marriages, the marriages are not consummated spiritually, soulishly, and physically, and therefore there is division, division, die to vision, uh, ways of seeing things. And so now you got two separate ways of seeing things in the, in the marriage, and therefore the marriage does not work. This is why you have to come together in agreement even before you say I do, because if you don't, then you're going to find yourselves in a very, uh, uh, very difficult situation. Look at what he goes on to say here. Oh, I hope you're understanding this. It says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now notice what the next verse says, because this is going to take us into another realm of our marriage where we're talking about, because God is calling us to be better men, but a better man has to operate in this marriage the way that God wants him to. All right. Now in verse 25, it says, and they were both notice the word both means both of them. They were both naked. All right. You see that they were both naked naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now, the first thing is they were both naked. Now, that word naked is interesting because it means to be naked. It means physical nakedness, but it also means spiritual nakedness, and it also means soulish nakedness. Remember the three ways that you're supposed to come together? That's the way you have to be. So you have to understand that a person that is physically naked is one that does not have any clothing on covering up their body. So that means that their body is exposed as it is to the person that they are naked in front of. That's what it means is to be unclothed and to be naturally yourself. So now that is naked. That's being naked. That's being not covered with anything, but being open and exposed and in, and in, and in pure view of the one that you are with. Now that, that nakedness not only is in the physical realm, but it is also in the spiritual realm, which means that you have to be completely open and unclothed spiritually so that your spouse sees you and knows you spiritually without any covering. That means you're not saying, I love the God that you love, but secretly you're following after a false God. No, that's not being naked. That's being, that's covering up with a lie. It's covering up with deception. Spiritually, you can't say, I agree with tithing, but uh, in your heart, 
you hate every time money is given to a ministry. See, that, that's not being spiritually naked. To be spiritually naked means that in the area and the realm of worshiping and serving God, you have to be transparent and uncovered so that you're not hiding anything from your spouse. If you're not doing that, you have brought division into your marriage because you're not one in that area. That means uh, spiritual nakedness. Now, then you have soulish nakedness. Now, soulish nakedness is the way you think, the way you see yourself, the way you process information. That means that you have to think and then you have to be open to your spouse uncovered so that they know how you think and they know how you're going to make decisions. You can't be saying, well, let's let's talk about this and we're going to sit down and, and, and make a decision. But you already have your mind made up before you even sit down and talk. See, that's not being naked. Being naked means to be uncovered. This is the part, and, and we're going to talk about when we get to ashamed, but being naked means to be uncovered so that you are open and you are bare as your natural self, emotionally and soulishly and how you think and how you process information. This is how you are uh, soulishly as far as being naked. And then there is the physical nakedness, which means that that uh, you are physically exposed to each other. And this is usually uh, in the home, in the in the bedroom, when the husband and the wife are physically naked with each other. I know of of of, of, of marriages where the husband and the wife were very uh, they didn't want to be seen with each other naked. And they and they so they had this 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 gap, uh, uh, this wall up between them that they were uncomfortable with each other uh, being naked in front of each other. In a marriage, the bodies have to be uncovered as well so that the person will know. Watch this now who the body is that they're in love with. This is why. You have to love your spouse based off of their complete nakedness to you. So that means that you got to love your wife minus the lipstick, minus the eyebrows, minus the hair, minus anything else that she has. And then you have to love your husband minus the toupee, minus the, the fake uh, six pack uh, or the muscle shirts that really don't have muscles in it. And if physically you got to understand that you've got to be exposed to your spouse so that that spouse knows how you look physically and you can't be hiding things from them physically. That means you don't hide physical ailments from each other. That means if there's something wrong with you physically in your body, your spouse needs to know that and you need to be open to that. You can't be trying to hide sickness and hide diseases and, and hide uh, malfunctions because eventually it's going to come out and it's going to affect your relationship. These are areas, and we'll break all these down and get into each one of these uh, areas as we deal uh, in, in the relational part of the marriage. But I'm breaking down the overview here today so that you can understand what you have to deal with as a man. And I'm sharing with you because you're a man, but I'm also talking to women who might see this and who, how you would share with your husband how you must be open to each other in every area of life. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Look at what he goes on to say here. This is very interesting. And then he says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife. So that means both of them were naked and were not ashamed. 
and were not ashamed. Do y'all see that? And were not ashamed. Now, the word ashamed means to be ashamed or to act shamefully, which is okay, but it means to feel embarrassment. It means to fear exposure because of some form of insecurity. And it's dealt with by covering up or hiding in an area. Are y'all understanding? So this being ashamed means the feeling of embarrassment, the feeling of exposure, which comes from insecurity. See, the, 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 the shame comes with the feeling. The, the, this is why people don't want to be naked, uncovered, because they have a feeling of insecurity, inferiority, uh, and, and, and so it causes them to cover up because of a fear of exposure. And when you operate like that, uh, uh, the ashamed is the feeling that this person has. Now, when you cover up or try to uh, cover up through deception or whatever, how you do it, you are not just covering up from your spouse. You're covering up from yourself because you have created this new person who is you and her as one person as a marriage. And therefore you're covering up and you're ashamed of yourself. You have to see this as this. When a man gets to be a wife, he is George. And when George sees Mary, then he sees Mary and Mary sees George. So there's George and Mary. But when George and Mary come together, they become a new person. And I'll just call him this George Mary. OK. George Mary. OK, that means that they come together and now they are one person. So these two people have created a whole new person. Who, who, who is the marriage, and now that marriage is a person and a separate entity within itself. The marriage is separate, is a separate entity from just Mary and a separate entity just from just George. It is not just George, it's not just Mary, but it is George and Mary coming together in agreement that creates a whole new person, and now you have to live as one person, not live individually. So that means, brother, that if you go to the store and you buy a Coke and a bag of chips, you got to bring her a Coke and a bag of chips too. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? This is what I'm saying. You become now so that you are no longer separate, but you have become an individual. Therefore, you don't have your own separate bank account and she got her own separate bank account and she does with her money and it's his money and her car and his car and, and your bedroom and his bedroom. And see, all of that kind of division, that's division, two visions in a house and that house is divided. And the Bible says the house that is divided cannot stand. You have to understand that God wants you to and I and this is the 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 the, the word that he's given us today. That if you're going to be married, you have got to leave your mother and your father as a man, cling to your wife, be naked and not ashamed so that you can establish a walk and a work and a life together with one another. This is the 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 if you follow that part there, then everything that we're going to talk about in the following weeks. Will become easier for you to do because you have conquered the foundation. This is the foundation. It is the covenant of marriage. It is the agreement that you have made with her and she has made with you that all that I am and all that I have and all that I ever will be 
and all that I own is yours, and all that she has, and all that she is, and all that she ever will be, and all that she owns is yours, and you all come together, put it all together, and then operate it as one so that it's all yours, so that when you move into your house, you don't have a separate side of the house, and she got a separate side of the house. You don't have a separate bedroom, and she got a separate bedroom. You understand what I'm saying? You have got to do this thing together. If you don't want to make that kind of commitment, then don't get married. Why would you get married to somebody so that you be living with them, and then it's going to cost you to get out of the marriage? If you don't want to be joined with them and enjoy with them everything that it is about you, that's the point of getting married. That's the point of getting married. And if you don't want to do that, then you are going against God's prescription for the marriage covenant. Remember, that is the agreement that you've made with each other. And if you don't walk in that, then you won't walk in the marriage covenant. I pray that today's word has just blessed you and it has given you some insight. We're going to get and we're going to break this down. We're going to go all through the marriage. Uh, we're going to talk about how the husband is supposed to treat the wife and the division of roles in the marriage, how you raise your children, all of that. We're going to talk about all of that. But today, if you get the foundation right, now you got something to build on and you can have a supernatural way. I pray that this has blessed you and I pray that you will continue to walk in the things that you need to know as God blesses you and keeps you safe in your life. Thank you for watching. I pray that you be blessed and walk in the favor of God. And remember this, that Jesus has told us, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God bless you. We'll be talking to you next week on another Man Talk for Men as we're talking about the marriage covenant. Until then, see you later. Bye-bye.